There you go. That's the beginning. Is that is that actually what the podcast is going to sound like? It's going to sound like that to begin with. That's the first sound. <laughs> I like it. Um, okay, what was I going to say? Um, let's lay out what we're talking about because I think that's that's been a problem with previous things. We we've not specifically stated what we're talking about and you know why why we're interested in it, etc. Zero percent structure. Zero I don't need structure, structure in my life, Harry. That sounds like 100%. John Peterson shit. Sounds sounds like you're becoming John Peterson. Hey, what you got to say about that? Um, yeah, I mean, the dragon of chaos is a constant force in my life, uh, exacerbated by the toxic eternal feminine or whatever the fuck he talks about. Anyway, <laughs> can we not do another Jordan Peterson chat? I hate it. It's just so miserable. And watching people that I know and kind of respect get actually swayed over to him makes me want to end myself. Um, end yourself. End. Okay, um, so my keynote who is an alt-right white nationalist. His debate with Destiny, which kind of made me want to kill myself. I didn't, I didn't actually make it through three hours, I'll be honest. Didn't yeah, no, no, no. I think, I think you get what you need from like about half an yeah. hour. Um, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It's pretty, did it's you pretty watch, clear. Did you watch quickly. the original debate or Destiny's redoing of the debate, like looking over it and being like, oh, this is what I did? Original. Okay, good. Um, so... Yeah, as a bit of context, uh, wait, wait, Destiny, what's hold called? up, yeah, because uh, we're also going to talk about what was the other thing? Oh, his Jesse Lee Peterson thing. Yeah, so um, yeah. as a bit of context, Destiny, obviously Twitch streamer, famous for being a sort of quick talking, quite quite smart, like good at thinking on his feet, um, good at turning around an argument, and um, generally considered to be a sort of somewhat left-wing voice on the platform, became famous when he was pretty much the only left-wing voice on the platform. But in terms of actual political leaning, he's not lefty, he's like progressive centre. He's like very much a liberal, very much in favour of capitalism, very much in favour of free markets, very much in favour of general egalitarianism. Um, so he became famous obviously because he debated a lot of people um, and he was predominantly, he debated people on the right, including people as far out as white supremacy, neo-Nazi type people. And especially a few years ago, these debates were sort of famous for being very, very sort of toxic essentially with people essentially reeing at each other but because destiny can talk very fast he's very good at coming up with the like insult quickly and he's good at making the other person look stupid they were quite productive in moving a lot of people over from the alt-right to a more centrist or even left-wing position so for a long time people considered him to be sort of the most useful um anti-racist, anti-right-wing voice on Twitch. Uh, a lot of this has changed recently after he's done his like lefty arc, which involves him um, pivoting towards debating like people on the far left, um, which which has annoyed a lot of people. But, you know, I think it's sort of fair enough. He has principles, etc. Um, and he's like, he thinks communism and socialism are essentially stupid, toxic ideologies. And he's made some pretty good arguments against them. Um, but... In the last few weeks or months, he's sort of actively tried to make an effort to pivot back to debating alt-right people because he feels like the reality is that communists may be stupid and dangerous, but that like America is not on the cusp of going communist, whereas it is very much a realistic possibility that it might end up going further and further towards the alt-right. 
Um, so his argument is, I need to argue with all writers and right-wingers because they represent a plausible threat to American politics and American culture. Anyway, so as part of that, one of his early debates was with Mike Enoch, and that was how long ago now? A couple of weeks, maybe? I don't know. One of his early uh, debates? Earlier, this, this in his like returning to debating the right wing, his mm-hmm. earlier one was uh, Mike Enoch. He still he did some debates with Sargon over the last few months and things like that, but like fundamentally, this is like his the, the start of his pushback against right wingers. Um, so I chose this topic because I think what's particularly interesting is he has engaged a new strategy for debating people. He's very he's talked about this on stream, and I think it's really, really dangerous. Um, I think he's got really good intentions and I think he's thought through it intelligently. However, I think he has just come to the wrong conclusion. Um, and as a result, I'm worried by the effect of that Mike Enoch debate. Um, so just right. to also, tell, me yeah, what the, tell me what the strategy is. Yeah, so the strategy is this. It's really fundamentally talk to alt-right people and right-wingers in a way which acknowledges the underlying concerns that push people towards it, meet them somewhat in the middle, validate their anxieties and the things that they're worried about, but then argue and reject their solutions. So you'll see this a lot in the Enoch debate. Enoch will go like, our society is more divided than ever or something. People aren't getting any money. People are getting like fucked over. Uh, The working class is falling off the bottom of society. And then Destiny will go, yeah, I absolutely agree. However, my argument against that is these problems cross racial lines. It's an arbitrary racism-based solution to say the problem is black people. We need to have a white. Oh, my God. I didn't. This is this is why I found it so difficult to listen to Destiny in that debate. Right, I, I didn't realize so, this. And so this was his strategy, and it's very obvious when you know it, and you see no, him doing it a lot. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, oh, I have such a good reason why that's a, a terrible, terrible way to approach the debate. And I'm 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 reeing about enlightened centrism, like I'm reeing about enlightened <laughs> centrism because this is just. In, I hate enlightened centrists so right yeah go on i'm i'm super excited to share it but keep going like finish finish your point so i mean my point is really fundamentally this um so he also he's held back from being insulting partially because i think he wants to broaden the crop of people that will debate him on the alt-right. So I think he needed his Enoch debate to be somewhat civil so that people could look at him and be like, I could have a conversation with him even though he disagrees. But also he's doing that because he thinks that's a better way to convert his audi- the audience that may be on the right, that may be sympathetic with Enoch, is not to shout at people and re-at them and discard their ideas, but to be civil and to acknowledge things. However, I think this is real fucking bad. Do you want me to... Give my take on why it's bad, or do you want to go with yours first? I reckon they'll probably be quite related. No, I think you should go first. Okay, so fundamentally, this is number one being sympathetic and having a civil conversation will always make the person in the radical position look like they won the argument because they went onto a more centrist platform, had a discussion, and they weren't discarded. And that means they're validated to a certain extent. So when, um, if 
a neo-Nazi goes on to, uh, say, a mainstream television show, and while they may lose the argument, it's still civil, then they've won effectively. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, agreed. Okay, number two, Destiny, because he's not so much picking up on every single thing the person's saying, he's not viciously looking for moments to attack them, shit flies under the radar. And this specifically in the Enoch debate, Enoch makes like regular anti-Semitic dog whistles. So what he'll do is Destiny will be like, well, you know, like the ruling class and the rich people are the ones that are causing this. And, and Enoch will go like, oh, well, I think it's a certain uh, type of a ruling class. <laughs> Which literally just means it's the Jews doing it. And because Destiny is focused more on understanding his issues and like, you know, accepting the anxieties and then giving an alternate solution he doesn't call him out i mean he does a couple of times but he doesn't do it every time and that he misses them they fly under the radar so anyone who knows what enoch is talking about is going to just ignore every argument destiny has against him at this point because enoch has slipped in this jewish conspiracy nonsense right yeah so that's not really being bad. addressed and then the final the final point i have um on this is that if you agree with someone's problem, even if that may be true, so, so someone goes, the white working class is under attack, and Destiny says, yes, but I think everyone is under attack. You've still said yes. Now, I agree that the white working class is under attack, but I think everyone who's poor and working class, especially black people, is under attack. But by acknowledging that, you've discarded the possibility that black people might have it worse, or rather you failed to make that point. So making an initial agreement makes it easier for someone who's watching the show to be like, okay, I disagree with Destiny's solution, but Destiny agrees with me on the problem so that means my solution's probably more valid. Not more valid than his, but more valid in the grand scheme of things. Does that make sense? So yeah. if, if you and me have a conversation and I'm like, it is raining outside, and you go, yes, it is raining outside. And so I go, and my, my belief is that we need to kill non-white people because they're making it rain. If I make my it's raining outside thing and go, I think we now need to kill non-white people. And you're like, well, I totally agree on your premise, but you know, I think actually we probably need to acknowledge that the weather is beyond our control. My we need to kill white people argument is not white, non-white people is strengthened by that. Does that make sense? Because we agreed on a premise, right? And often destiny was not clear enough about the, your premise is right, but your conclusions are not just wrong, but they are like idiotic and would, would have a, a knock-on worse effect. Do, do, do you see what I'm saying here? So there are my three points. Um, being sympathetic means it makes the guy have a victory just because he's been civil in a centrist conversation. Um, dog whistles flew under the radar constantly. And saying yes to his um, causes of the problems means that you are to an extent validated in his solutions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So yeah, that's, I, that's, my, that's my position, basically. So I'm going to take it a level deeper uh, and I'm going to actually attack more than you are. So yeah. I totally agree that these are all impacts on the discourse and that they're terrible impacts on the discourse. But I actually think that the style of debating and this approach to engaging with folks on the alt-right or conservative and I, what I would um, evaluate as a regressive ways of thinking 
is that it fundamentally undermines the progressive ways of thinking that he's actually trying to spread and champion. So let's take the take the um, I'm going to take the example that uh, we were just talking about, which was uh, this idea that our our society is fragmenting. People are split all over the place. People don't have a common sense of purpose. People all are kind of going at it on their in kind of in their own kind of from their own kind of cultural and uh, individual lens, as it were. Right. That's the kind of problem. One of the problems that they discuss. And the reason that that is such a terrible thing to agree with is a problem is because it's the fun. It's the foundation of a progressive and multicultural society. And it's not a problem. Now, does our system interact with it in negative ways because we have a disconnect between the system that we currently exist in and that growing um, perspective, which increasing numbers of people are uh, making their own? Yes, there are huge problems in that interaction, but the problem isn't that we shouldn't see the problem of people being, uh, you know, it's kind of the postmodernist uh, outlook. Everyone has a subjective point of view and we create meaning for ourselves through the decisions that we make. We don't look for other people to give us meaning. So it's a really important distinction because when Destiny goes in there and he says, yes, you're absolutely right. That is a problem. He's fundamentally betraying a progressive platform because it's not a problem. It's a good thing. It's one should really be looking at how our antiquated systems create problems by the interaction with that, with that, um, with that kind of new force, as it were. Yeah, I mean, um, also, I, th I think it's, I think it's worth saying that Destiny probably wouldn't agree with that on the basis that when Enoch says, um, oh, there's real problems with race relations in this country, Destiny can say yes to that. And Destiny can think that that's an okay answer to give. It's okay to agree with him on that because Destiny's belief, because he does understand to a certain extent, I think he's probably too individualistic for my taste, but like to a certain extent, he does understand how systems of like power end up causing race relations as a thing to be bad but only as a symptom of these like systems intersecting with each other and you know causing friction um whereas when enoch says that what enoch is saying is black people are bad and that's all it is enoch is talking on a purely and a sort of essentialist basis uh, um on a you know race relations are bad because race relations are bad whereas destiny's hearing race relations are bad because you know our current society causes um, friction between races with the way that like power manifests itself um, through uh, like you know various hierarchies of sort of ethnicity. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I would just nuance the point a little bit, which is that race relations being bad isn't necessarily a problem. What the kind of a more interesting way to phrase it, I think, is, is that it's part of the dialectic of progression. Like as we progress, we come across new problems which propel us towards better solutions and setups. So you could see poor race relations in America being not, not a problem in the sense that kind of like, um, oh, there's like, I've got rotten vegetables in the garden, but rather actually, oh, look, we're becoming aware of this problem that we've had for hundreds of years. I mean, race relations have been shit for ages. We're just putting a new lens on them and saying, 
wait, this is different and we, we think we can solve this and we can sort it out. And so it's not really saying it's a problem. It's just saying we have new awareness of a problem that's always yeah, existed. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's like, um, it's like when people say things like, Barack Obama destroyed race relations in America. It's like, no, he absolutely did not. He allowed some light to be shed on the problems that were there all along and in fact used to be far worse. Do you know exactly. what I mean? It's, it's, it's like, it's just pointing out the elephant in the room rather than pretending that it's not there. Right. Or actively and like deciding it's not there, even though I, it very much is. I totally agree. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little bit of a kind of tangential re about how much I hate people like Mike Enoch and, and attach it to this argument. And what I'm reading about is that when he talks about his, uh, about this problem of people all have different perspectives. The, the reason he's reading about that is because the idea of people having different perspectives fundamentally rests on uh, a changing way that people create meaning in their lives. So the reason that we have people who um, have different perspectives is because they've said, this is the meaning that I'm going to focus on. And I've realized and I recognize there's lots of meanings that are being communicated at me and around me, but I'm going to choose my own and I'm going to create meaning for myself. So that's quite an advanced thing to do. Like, you know, if you look at a baby or a young child, they're not able to, to perform that mental process. So it's quite developed. It's quite a developed kind of uh, mental task to create meaning for yourself. Now, the reason that Mike Enoch hates that is because he doesn't know how to create a meaning for himself. And you see this on the alt-right all the time. They get really pissed off about bias in the media because the media is not telling the type of story that they want to hear because they want the media to create meaning for them. Do you see what I'm saying? It's like rather than them creating meaning for themselves, they're saying, no, everyone else should create meaning for me. And then they should just like echo it for me. So I don't have to think about it, but I want to make sure it's the one that I agree with. I see what you mean. Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. I think. Um, I think. I think that's a universal problem, but it maybe it's probably more. You know, like a lot of people on the left and liberal people totally agree. Dictated to themselves by the media, essentially. Hundred um, percent. And they, they call it. Have, yeah, yeah. See the same thing with like Bernie Bros on the other side. The one thing that I would say is a, is a subtle distinction is that. Um, when I see it happening on the left, it's typically because they recognize the importance of the media and sharing a message that convinces the rest of the country that this is the direction to go in, which is not necessarily that they think um, that they need the reinforcement themselves, but rather that they, they kind of falsely uh, go for this they kind of falsely go for this idea that actually we need to we can't let other people create their own meaning we kind of need to we need systems like the media in order to change their minds which is kind of more of a political move whereas when you see it on the right it's more often about this idea that we we lose all meaning if people start creating their own meaning um and so for them it's much more about they have to, they have to communicate american values otherwise american society destroys itself and collapses because there's nothing left and there's there's just no conceptualization that you can actually um uh, create meaning yourself 
do you I want to bring this briefly back to the specific debate to center it a little bit more because I the question I had for you and I have my own beliefs on this but the question I have for you is do you think there's a way for him to do that debate and to a certain extent be a moderate force in it and acknowledge problems while pushing back against Enoch which would be um successful in our view right look I think I think one of the things that's uh one of the things that's really interesting here is if you look at this idea, if you look at this idea that creating meaning is a higher mental task and that um, it's, it's kind of a lower developed thing to think that meaning has to be given to you by someone else, which is why yeah. you often see the alt-right go about these like naturalist arguments in terms of like why things are the way they are, because they can't yeah, stand yeah, the idea that it was made up. Um, is that distinction implies that in this context, and I'm not sure Destiny is the perfect example because I'm not sure he quite understands that his perspective is more valuable, but Destiny's perspective is more valuable and he is more developed than Mike Enoch. Like, there's no way around it. He is more developed. Mike Enoch is less developed. He's kind of like a child compared to Destiny being more of an adult. And yeah. there, there is you. an uncomfortable... There is an uncomfortable criticism that is implicit in that because Mike Enoch believes that he does know his shit, but he doesn't. And I think sometimes we're afraid to really make those, those, those value calls where we say, no, this is better than that. But I think that's one of the problems. And it's one of the problems that destiny has fallen into is the pluralistic paralysis of everyone has their own perspective. It's like a weird kind of um, contradiction in the sense that people who are more developed like destiny, who, who understand that they can create their own meaning fall into this trap of thinking, Oh, well, if everyone creates their own meaning, every perspective is equally valuable, but that's not true. There has to be some sort of value call at some point about what is more valuable. And I think Mike Enoch, doesn't know shit. I think he's. I think he's an idiot, and I think we should. We should. We should not let him have a particularly a public space where we treat him like he's anything else but that. And right, I so understand that that's uncomfortable for him, but so, we. It needs yeah. to be addressed head on. I have. So I have a good example of this. And when I listened to the debate, I went back and listened to this again. Um, a previous debate that Destiny did with a an actual white nationalist. Now. Because the guy wasn't as big a platform as Mike Enoch, a bigger player as Mike Enoch, rather, he, I think he approached it differently, but also it shows the way that his thinking has evolved over the last few years. And I think Destiny's thinking, and I think it's evolved in a bad way now. Um, and also, I think that was it's maybe been sparked by having arguments with left-wingers and realising how many of them are fucking Wait, idiots. You say uh, that again, you cut out. Oh, no, no. So uh, a few years ago, Destiny had a debate with a white nationalist where he took a very different tack and it's frustrating to see that in the last few years i think destiny's tactics have got worse now the old debate right it was relatively matey it was relatively civil um in much of the same way as the mike enoch one was um 
he was discussing various problems with ethnostates. The main sort of crux of the argument, as far as I can remember, was that essentially, if you put an arbitrary barrier on what someone is in terms of whiteness, that is purely arbitrary because the concept of whiteness is essentially fabricated. Um, and therefore, you're just going to have a society that is actually not united by anything, whereas the concept of blackness is not so much fabricated. And so, you know, the, the, the constant argument being like, oh, why do black people get to have black power and solidarity, etc.? Why can't white people have that? Well, because whiteness is a constructed idea exist that has only ever really existed to exclude other races rather than to include a race or a group of people. Anyway, that's by the by, because what happens at the end of this, this guy's position is, you know, we should Support white um, non-white people from America, or give them a state, and we should separate it off. And if necessary, we should use violence to do this. So, um, about towards very much towards the end, it has been a civil conversation, and the bloke goes, "Destiny, can you unban me and re-add me to your Discord?" Um, and Destiny like pauses for a minute, and then he says, "Like." no, actually, absolutely not, fuck off. And the guy's like, oh, why? We've had a good conversation, we've been friends. And he goes, no, what we've had is a conversation where I've been civil, but your views are like, repugnant. And then he says, and this was always a very specific point that sort of stuck in my head, he goes, I think it would be morally justified for someone who was not white, who would fall into your definition of not white, to violently attack you or kill you. Now, that's that's like, not it's not a particularly positive thing to say, but what it does, is it, that, this is right at the end of his debate, right? And it leaves this coda at the end of it to just be like, your views are not worth defending and they should not and they are morally repugnant and he left that and that was pretty much the end of it they, they, they chatted for another like minute and then he went offline that that was really good i thought because it 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 accepts a lot of the arguments it pushes back against the arguments but then at the end it defines that thing that you've just been talked about that no i'm not falling into pluralistic paralysis your views are so bad that violent retribution against them is justified now even if you disagree with destiny there which i sort of do i'm not really sure maybe a little bit even if you disagree with him what you can always say is that he has he's laid down the borders in the end of that um, debate. He said, he said, this is the point at which it becomes unacceptable. I have been polite and I've debated you, but I am not allowing that to imply that your views are in any way acceptable. And that kind of eliminates two of the major problems with the first that, that I brought up and that you sort of expanded upon, in specifically in that agreeing with conclusion, with um, with someone's problems validates their conclusions. If you say, no, your conclusions are so bad that you could be justifiably killed for them, then you've, you've thrown that out the window. And secondly, it doesn't let him look like he won by the argument simply being civil, because you can't win an argument when at the end of it, the civil person that you've had a measured, friendly conversation with still goes, you are scum and you could be killed for your views and that would not be morally wrong. Now that's, I, it's, it's a sort of dramatic way of putting it and I think there's lots of more minor ways that Destiny could push back against the, the way that he did his last debate. But I thought that was a good example of how you can have a debate like this and you can be somewhat moderate and you can be somewhat sympathetic to someone, but then you can sort of put down the hammer at the end. Now, one of the criticisms I already, while I'm saying this, I sort of already ball up ready for it, is that if somebody tunes out before the end of the debate, that issue's gone. So you have to be more 
consistent than just saying it once at the end. That has to be more seeded throughout. But even so, I think that would be a step towards having these conversations in a healthier way for sort of discourse. Yeah, I, I actually really agree with that because there is an important distinction between, um, you know, how we, how we want to deal with these sorts of views within a higher minded perspective and how people at a lower level of development want to deal with these sorts of perspectives. Because to your point, um, killing someone or restricting their ability to express themselves is not the type of um, kind of power tools or kind of points of leverage that we think are going to are important in a society that values subjective perspective and um, uh, kind of multiculturalism, right? Like it's just not, they're not very compatible. And I think that that criticism of the left in the past few years, that the left kind of shuts people down is is accurate because it's not um it's not it's not really a tool that you would expect to be used by people who think from that type of perspective uh whereas doing that from like a conservative's perspective is totally fine because they believe that there's only one way of doing things and that everyone has to conform to that one way of doing things so there's no need for additional perspectives do you see what i mean um to your point i think there is definitely a balance in to to making sure that you're not you know you're not coming at it from like oh mike enoch is an idiot like that that's not the kind of conversation that you want to have um at a you know with him for example like i wouldn't i don't think i i would ever say that to his face i'm saying it to myself because it's really frustrating for me and there's a part there's a part of me that wants him to conform to this new way of thinking um but obviously that's not very helpful because it's kind of like getting angry at, at a child for not, you know, knowing how to do algebra, for example, like just getting angry with them doesn't help them learn. So, and there's an important, there's an, within that context. It might, not, right, it might not help them learn, right. In terms of Enoch, not the child, but if you have many viewers exactly. watching your discussion, it's a productive thing to get angry about. Or maybe not even angry. Angry might not be the right word because if you, if you get angry at something, it often makes you look weak. Um, but just well, I think, push I think you back. Can show the anger. You can show yeah. the anger in your own, like, you know, like if Destiny comes off the debate and then talks about how he's angry about it, I think that's more productive and acceptable than doing it in front of Mike Enoch. Because I think, I think more so there's uh, an element of when people like Mike Enoch are attacked, the people who agree with him then also feel attacked because they recognize that, you know, to some extent they're also being attacked at the same time. So I think it's important from that point of view to kind of treat Mike Enoch as representative of all of the other children who are learning algebra, as it were. Um, and and, and, yeah, and so, so addressing it within within the context of saying I, I mean I think the example you gave is really really uh, valuable in that sense but I do wonder whether there's a there's a, a more interesting way of thinking about how you um, shift people's perspective in this particular type of situation so what I'm what I'm thinking of is um, you know when you have those thoughts in your head which uh, you know those thoughts 
like the frustration around why don't they agree with this? You know, why don't the alt-right agree with this? Like that part of your brain that's getting frustrated like that is like not that dissimilar from kind of the perspective that those alt-right people are just engaging with constantly, right? Like when we go, oh my God, like why can't they just agree with this? Like the alt-right's fucking everything up. We need to get rid of them. That's the same perspective that they're adopting when they say, oh, all the non-whites are fucking everything up. We need to get rid of them. It's 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 the same part of your brain that's doing those thinking in for them. Yeah, it just so happens rust. that we're fucking right. Like well, I mean, yes, uh, no, no. Is, I mean, our, is, I know. Our, I realize your your argument; it makes total sense. But I do think it's also worth saying that they're wrong and we are right if we were both to say that. You know what I mean? Like it may they might both come from a sort of instinctive, um, sort of probably unhelpful reaction to opposing views. But like, oh god, one second. Um, yeah, the, but like that doesn't stop one side from being wrong or right. Do you know what I mean? I totally agree. What I'm saying is, is that uh, when we have those reactions, for example, it doesn't help us get what we want either. I'm less talking about the, the content than I'm more talking about the problem-solving approach yeah, that yeah, it represents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, no, but it's, a good, it's a good call out. Um, um, wait, I want and, to make one more. Yeah, actually, no, you go. Yeah. Well, well, I was just going to say, how, how do we, like, we need to figure out how we integrate that type of thinking into, um, like, a more kind of postmodernist or, um, like, higher level perspective. Like, we need to find some way of integrating that in a helpful way to this bigger system. Because once we do that, once we understand how to bring that perspective in in a helpful way, then we'll find a better way of showing these people the path from where they are today to the kind of stages above them, as it were. So I, you know, I think about that. And one of the things that I've really have been looking at recently is the kind of concept of anger and frustration. I found that it's quite a useful, um, I found it's quite a useful output for understanding what you want and what your needs are. And I, you know, I think there is a, it's similar to what destiny is getting at when he's like, okay, we need to listen to these people and their problems. Like, what does this anger represent? The problem is, is that we can't understand that anger on its own terms. Like it has to be interpreted through a higher level thinking. Otherwise it won't, it won't be helpful because to your this is this kind of comes back to your original point which was if we if we um accept the premise without thinking about what the premise is then we end up in a really shitty place so what i would say is the best way for destiny to do this is rather than agreeing with the premise investigate the premise so say okay what does it mean when you say you feel that way like what are you actually getting at and what type of what type of situations are you talking about and what does that say about your needs? And that's important, but it's only one very, potentially it's one very small part of the debate, which was the point that you made, that you need to start contextualizing that anger and that need within the broader system, right? Like if white people yeah. feel that they're being discriminated against, is that really important? No, it's not. Because black people also feel that way and they actually feel it much more heavily because if you look at what's happening, they are being discriminated against like hundreds of times over 
more so. Do you see what I'm saying? No, no, I absolutely understand. Uh, and I think I think we're really just reaching exact same conclusions here. Can, um, same. Not, not, not to imply that that means that this conversation is un, un, unuseful because the way you phrased it and couched it is, mine is a much more pragmatic approach, the way I've talked about it, whereas yours yeah. comes from, this is actually really interesting, I've realised that the way that we talk about stuff generally on this podcast is you have a much more sort of sociological, psychological approach to things, whereas I take a much more sort of pragmatic X to Y to Z like do this do that attitude towards things yeah um, communication I think it's very useful to see where those things marry up and where we disagree and how each side can learn from each other from those things um yeah. in terms of one i'll make this as a quick point um in terms of one very sort of pragmatic point i think there's a responsibility now um watching the destiny debate with enoch really clarified this to me because destiny is pretty clued up on like right-wing conspiracies and internet like bullshit and just generally how the alt-right talks about themselves and dog whistles but i think fundamentally now it's got to the point where if you are going to go and debate an alt-writer or have any sort of conversation with someone who's on the right anywhere outside of the absolute mainstream republican centrist right you have a responsibility now to be stunningly clued up on um, every single dog whistle. And this takes a lot of work because dog whistles, especially internet ones, evolve on an almost weekly basis. But you absolutely have to know because you have to call them all out every single time that they're mentioned. So the moment, the moment he says anything that can be construed as, oh, someone's talking about Jews, Destiny should have gone like, he should have, and this sounds bad, but he should have mocked him for it. He should have just gone, oh yeah, I suppose you could always think the Jews must be behind it all. Do you see what I mean? Like he should discard, he should call it out, discard it, and then continue with the conversation. And people have to get better at that because otherwise these conversations happen. And the people who know about the Jewish conspiracy things, but don't maybe fully believe them yet but are sort of on the cusp of it hearing destiny not call it out valid once again validates it as a possible explanation and it discards everything that destiny has to say afterwards if you've just if enoch's gone oh well you know it's a certain type of ruling class isn't it when destiny goes on to talk about how they need to change society if you've heard that understood it as an anti-semitic anti-semitic dog whistle then you've been lost like you cannot be convinced over the next five minutes of conversation that has to be called out more and i think um destiny's like honestly he's like a good example of it because he he sees most of these things he's quite good at it if you look at conventional traditional broadcasters they have to stop hosting right wingers like they have to stop until they have a specialist who knows this shit like I'm trying to think of examples. I think maybe the Jordan Peterson interview is very good. It's a very good example of this. When Jordan Peterson is making all these nods to like insane evolutionary biology. Um, This is the BBC interview with him. And the woman's just sort of arguing in sort of broad modern feminism brushstrokes. And he's sort of pushing back with seemingly reasonable points, but at the same time seeding it with stuff which is, you know, borderline phrenology, but she doesn't get it because she's not clued up on those arguments. She doesn't know how these people talk. And that's, um, that's, I think, a real, real issue for anyone who wants to like debate an alt writer right now, or even just talk to them, is you've got to spend, you've got to just fucking do your homework. That's it. And I, I, think, I, think, I think that, that Destiny could be better. He's okay right now, but he could be a lot better at doing that. Yeah. I agree with that. Also, um, we should briefly talk about the Jesse Lee Peterson thing, because I think we actually disagree on this one. 
Um, we, we actually what? Disagree on this one. Oh, yeah. So you said to me the other day that you thought that Destiny essentially got cucked the first 30 minutes of the debate with Jesse. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I felt as though... I felt as though um, essentially the first 30 minutes were... Uh, Jesse was asking a lot of questions about particularly Destiny's lifestyle. And Destiny, he felt that he, it felt like he was on the defensive, uh, like he was, he was trying to, um, like he knew he was going to get attacked by Jesse. Um, and he felt as though, it felt as though he was being attacked. And I, I, I just noticed the dynamic of the conversation was weighted in Jesse's favor quite heavily in the sense that in the previous, previous, in the previous conversation they had together, uh, like I remember like when I was first introduced to their dynamic, like Destiny just is just, is amazed uh, at Jesse's stupidity. I mean, the man is a moron. Um, and you can see, you can see Destiny sitting there and being like, "What the fuck is this guy on about?" Whereas yeah. in this one, I noticed, and it makes so much sense within the context of what you were saying about him coming at things more moderately, is that um, he 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 kind of was like, "Oh, how do I engage with Jesse in a way that's productive?" And the problem was with that was that. Jesse wasn't trying to be productive in any way. It's like, it's like basically thinking, it looked like he was basically thinking, how can I be productive with this little, little child bully, basically? Yeah. Um, and it made, it made the dynamic of power look so strong in Jesse's favor. And so when Jesse said shit at him, like, oh, you're a degenerate, aren't you? Um, and then <laughs> it looked like Destiny was trying to be like accepting of that point of view at first. Uh, and so it just it just looked really bad um, from from okay. my point of view. And within after half an hour, I have to say it did look like Destiny realized that he needed to stop giving a fuck and just went at him back. And then and then it looked much more balanced. So that's interesting. So I actually my perspective on this is different because I believe under the Jesse conversation, the tables are somewhat switched to the Enoch one. So. When you look at what the Jesse Lee Peterson show is, it's a lot of reactionaries tuning in to hear Jesse pronounce the fact that traditional families are correct, that like God has just told us that this is how work work life works, uh, that women are below men. Do you remember that thing when like men are above women? Like what do you yeah. on about? I can't do his voice. Um, but uh, so in that scenario, Destiny, who is in a uh, polyamorous relationship is very much the radical. He is almost the equivalent of Enoch. Obviously, we're talking a completely different scenario, but he's almost the equivalent of Enoch in that um, discussion. In the, and I feel like Destiny's job in that first 30 minutes is to be civil, be relatively calm, to and to present Des uh, Jesse and Jesse's viewers that are predominantly conservative with the just a view of his life um and to just demonstrate that he is happy and healthy and that his life isn't just some like mad hedonistic rush but has some philosophical underpinnings to it that he has logicked himself into 
and the, the the way he lives his life as in he's he's not just decided he does this because he wants to he has some sort of reason behind he, the way he lives like he's he's not just like craving sex or some shit like that um and i so, thought he did that okay i i do think i do somewhat agree with you that like jesse just like insulting him does make him look weak but well, yeah, sorry, no i was just gonna say the um it's not 100% flipped because I do agree with you in the sense of kind of the radical being kind of being coming across as approachable and normal. But the problem is, is like we were saying before, destiny with Mike Enoch, destiny was, was moderate and kind of like being like, yes, tell me more about that. Whereas Jesse was doing the thing that we were just saying where it's like, no, just be aggressive and make it look stupid. Um, and just call it out for that. And I think that's the, that's the twist, right? Like yeah, I agree I, with you. I do it's, sort of agree. He, yeah. and he could have, he could have reacted more aggressively to a lot of destiny's early, Jesse's early, early, what's it called? Like there's a lot of obvious hypocrisy in the things that Jesse says, right? Like obvious idiotic hypocrisies. Um, like he, when, when Jesse says something like, you shouldn't have live with or have sex with a woman outside of marriage. He should have said, oh, so you've never done that, Jesse, right? Like, because obviously Jesse has. <laughs> like, no, no way has the man been chased his whole life. Yeah. That's because he's only been on this weird conservative kick for the last, like, 10 years, I think. I think well, he's been so, more like before then. So the thing I would say about that, though, in particular, is, like, conservative audiences generally respond much better to the idea of the strong man. Or like yeah. you know whether that's a strong man or a strong woman like just being like oh they're wrong blah 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 like like <laughs> it, it, if, as yeah. long as they don't admit that there's anything wrong with them like who cares and that, i mean that's the trump formula basically um whereas we're able to see like jesse coming across as a lot more of an idiot because we're just we're we're a little bit more nuanced in our understanding so to your point you're like well i know jesse's not actually like that so when he says that he looks like an idiot to me but not from the point of view of like a perspective that is driven from the strong man perspective so that would be the point i would make is like yes we don't think that destiny is an idiot like when i was watching it, i was like i cl clearly destiny is a better person and i jesse is a horrible person in my point of view but from my kind of like all follow the bully um kind of perspective i was like oh yeah jesse's jesse's getting him um and <laughs> and destiny doesn't have a good response to this yeah I, I can accept that i think i think i think maybe if you were destined a jesse lee peterson um fan and you watch that you might question briefly Probably not effectively, but you might briefly question what your beliefs were actually rooted in. I think yeah. seeing Destiny be Maybe. reasonable and emotionally stable and, you know, present alternative positions to Des Jesse with a, a degree of sort of calm. I think those that could, or not alternative positions, but alternative lifestyles, I think that could give you pause to be like, why do I believe that this is right? The way that the, I the only I don't think it is a particularly effective one. But I think there was there is something there. The well, the thing is though, is it requires a certain amount of empathizing with Destiny to do that, and maybe some of the viewers did, but like I'd pro I I would argue, or listeners, I'd argue pretty much most of the listeners are not going to empathize with him whatsoever. Like it's just going to be uh, like you're empathizing with him, which is why you're kind of saying that, like oh. You know, this is just a dude 
but to to most of Jesse's listeners, it's this guy's a degenerate. Ah, rah, rah, rah. You know, like it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a, they dehumanize him, and maybe there's a part of their brain that goes, "Well, he's a human too." But like the likelihood that that's being activated is so low because it's not it's not something that is regularly activated for most of these people. I mean. God, I'm just remembering that woman who called in and made like those comments on abortion, which is just the stupidest thing I've ever fucking heard. When she talks about the um, plants, the plants. Oh my god, the plant woman. When, and I'm like, uh, and when, when, so, so wait, also, we need there to. There were so many obvious responses to that. The re- that actually yeah. really annoyed me because you could have just been like, we need oh, to so outline that, that argument. Oh my god. So what? What did she say? She was like, oh my god. Well, she, she was, was saying she... that babies in the womb so, or fetuses. Yeah respond impulsively to uh, interactions that you yeah, make so, with the mother's no, as, uh, let, let, Let's run through it a little bit more from the beginning. Destiny said that the reason he is now pro-choice, having been largely pro-life most of his life, is that he thinks that you have to draw a line as to when something is worth preserving or not. And that line is consciousness and that babies don't have consciousness. And this woman comes on to say, no, babies do have consciousness. And then he's like, right, maybe after like 30 weeks, but not before then. And she's like, no, before then, even when it's the size of like a 10 pence coin, they have consciousness. And then he, <laughs> and then he's like, okay, how? And she says, well, if you put your hand against their, the stomach, they'll swim towards it. Or like, if you put ice on your stomach, they'll swim away from it. And then Destiny goes like, well, plants will move towards or away from light. She's like, yeah, plants have consciousness. <laughs> plants feel pain and fear. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's immediately just... the argument then should pivot to being like, okay, so I guess it's wrong to eat literally anything, even vegetarian food, because yeah. plants are conscious, you moron. <laughs> Although she could oh, be she God. could be one of those ultra vegans who only believes in eating food that has naturally fallen off. The plant of the tree, yeah, yeah. yeah. I very much doubt it though. She's been listening to well, Jesse yeah, those Pizza. people don't really I reckon last very long. That, like vegans are cuckolds anyway, yeah, yeah. They also stopped it then. Um, I think we should really wrap up actually. Um, yeah, because I've had enough talking to you as well. You yeah, scum. no, I'm actually sick of talking to you. I'm sick, sick of this cuckold. You know what? I would not be surprised if someone came up and killed you because you're <laughs> such a pain in the ass. <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I think we've reached a good, I don't, I don't, I don't want to drag these conversations out in a lot of ways because I think we've had a good tight understanding of what each other has said and we've discussed it like comfortably. Tight. 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 All right. I'm going to re really hard and I want you to cut off the audio halfway through the re, all right? Okay. But I won't tell you when it's happening. So we're just going to keep talking until all of a sudden there might be some sort of...